Ask for a favor. Uh huh. Can I hear you say, come on? Kawaii. Come on. Kawaii. Come on. Kawaii. No. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Yeah. Listen, I love Drew Brown from Pittsburgh. Come on. But his friends are terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Not ramping down. We're just getting started. Nothing stops this train. Thank you. God bless. And come on. It wasn't pretty on either side for the most part, but the Pittsburgh Steelers come back from down 17-7 to at halftime to win 28-24 and match the best start in franchise history as the Steelers defeat the Baltimore Ravens to move to 7-0 for the first time since 1978. Hello and welcome to episode 29 of the Come On Network podcast, our latest Steelers reaction episode Kyle Dawson, Donnie Chedrick, Joe Smelter, Jack Hillgrove with you as always. Thanks for listening and thanks for the subscribes, the streams, the downloads, the ratings and reviews. You can find us on any device that gets internet or wherever you get into stream your podcast, be that Apple, Spotify, Anchor or another. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Come On Network. That's at Come On, C-O-M-O-N Network, N-E-T. W-O-R-K on Twitter and IG. You can also find us on the web, comeon.network. There you can find blog stories, features, columns, hot takes, the plot episodes. Learn more about our team and more, including merch that is here now. You can shop the Come On Network store at comeon.network backslash store. Before we get into our reaction to the win in Baltimore, let's tell you about next week's activity. Sunday, November 8th, week 9, when the Steelers play the Dallas Cowboys. Some of us at the Come On Network and our team will be joining friend of the show, Doran Dickerson, potentially, and the Washington Wild Things at the Wild Things Black and Gold Watch Party at Wild Things Park in Washington, PA. For $15, you can get four hot dogs or burgers and two soft drinks and enjoy the game with members of the Steelers Nation on a 16 by 9 screen down at Wild Things Park. You can reserve your game day passes for the event at WashingtonWildThings.com. Just click onto the ticket page to reserve your tickets. That's the black and gold watch party at Wild Things Park for Steelers and Cowboys coming up on November the 8th. That's this coming Sunday. Let's roll, gentlemen. A W for the Steelers, a 7-0 start. We'll begin things with our general thoughts on this win and the game as a whole and uh, kind of a sloppy game for the most part. But again, and we're going to keep emphasizing this, the Steelers continue to win games. A win is a win in the National Football League. Rather have an ugly win than a pretty loss. I know Joe said that last week, but it holds true today. Uh, really, really bad first half. Uh, pretty much the, the opposite of what we saw uh, today compared to what we saw in Tennessee. A really sloppy first half. Ben Roethlisberger couldn't get anything going. James Conner didn't really have a good game uh, whatsoever. I uh, didn't have much room to run the football, only 47 yards. Uh, but it, it all turned with the Alex Highsmith interception in the second half. Steelers defense made plays. Uh, they weren't great. Uh, they allowed 265 yards on the ground, uh, which that doesn't happen often in a, in a win. But 
you know, the fact that they were able to pull this one out uh, shows the, the the type of adversity this team's able to face and still come out on top. I mean, it, it wasn't uh, pretty really in any right. Uh, but when that interception happened, uh, things certainly turned the tide for the Steelers. Uh, you know, that'll be my turning point uh, just looking forward. Uh, but right now the Steelers are 7-0. and a huge division win. They now hold a two-game lead on the biggest foe in the division, and they face a, a team that is, is just horrible next week. I don't see any reason why they just don't run the, the Cowboys out of their own stadium, but I guess we'll we'll wait to talk about that one in a few days. Yeah, so for my thoughts, um, it was nice to see the Pittsburgh Steelers make – a second-half adjustment that boded well for them. Uh, last week, it was the Tennessee Titans who made the adjustment at halftime and made that game close. Uh, the Steelers were the inferior football team for the pretty much the entire first half. They couldn't get anything working. And whatever the coaching staff and Mike Tomlin talked about in the locker room to adjust – uh, worked and brought the Steelers back into the football game. And it was very, very refreshing to see because, like I said, uh, the Steelers, and not just last week against the Titans, but have fallen victim to getting out coached and, and getting uh, out schemed in the second half. And uh, they did the ones that out schemed today. Uh, and it was really, really good to see. Now, uh, Donnie, you talked about that rushing attack for Baltimore, how the Steelers really couldn't stop it. Uh, they got to get better at that. Um, and hopefully a, a trade that added some depth that we'll talk about later on, I'm sure, can boast that uh, as well. But um, the biggest thing other than um, that, uh, you know, for me with the uh, second half adjustments is you got to hope that Tyson Alawalu and Cam Hayward, who both went down to injury, uh, are okay and will be okay and hopefully be able to suit up next week against the uh, the Cowboys. Yeah, for the third time this season coming into the game, I picked the Steelers to lose. I picked them to lose against Houston. I picked them to lose against Tennessee. I was wrong in both cases. But this game, I really did not think that the Steelers would win. A, I, don't, I didn't, didn't think they could go 16-0 and in any case. And B, I just felt that the Ravens were really good playing at home and would have been too much for the Steelers to handle. Obviously, none of that happened. And the Steelers are 7-0. I'm very glad that I was wrong for the third time this year in picking against the Steelers. And it wasn't, as Kyle said at the top of the show, it wasn't a pretty win. But you take a pretty uh, ugly win, excuse me, over a pretty loss any day of the week. And the Steelers certainly pulled out an ugly win today. And regardless of how it happened, regardless of what mistakes were made, and regardless of how good the Steelers looked, this team is 7-0, and and they were able to get a win while not at their best. And I think we can all agree that the Steelers weren't at their best today, but nonetheless able to get a win. And I think if you're able to beat a Super, a super Bowl contender without being at your top form, that's pretty good. And that's exactly what the Steelers accomplished today. It wasn't pretty, but you beat a team that very well could be in the Super Bowl. And what more could you ask for? 7-0 and was 7-0. and a lot of the Steelers' wins haven't been in the best form, but nonetheless, they still look the same in the record book. So, yeah, absolutely nothing to bitch about if you're a Steelers fan. 7-0 and just beat your top rival, the Baltimore Ravens, and just got to move on to the Cowboys next week. And the schedule up ahead looks pretty good, and we'll see if this team can get to 8-9, maybe even 10-0. and 
um, before it gets into the final uh, five-game stretch run of the 2020 regular season. So, yeah, things are looking pretty good right now. Yeah, I mean, things are certainly looking pretty good for the Steelers. I think there are some things to bitch about, though, uh, when it comes to this game. And maybe that's just the, the pessimist in, inside of me talking as a Steelers fan. 265 yards on the ground for Baltimore today is not acceptable for this defense. I mean, I was kind of bitching the entire game uh, watching it, asking for a negative play at some point from the Steelers' defense against the rush. And I think there might have been one, maybe two or three negative plays the entire day for the rushing attack of Baltimore. J.K. Dobbins, 15 for 113. Gus Edwards, 16 for 87. Lamar Jackson, 16 for 65. Now, there is a lot to be said for the Steelers finding a way to win this game because I thought the offense was dog shit for the most part, uh, especially in the first half. They turned it on a little bit in the second half, took advantage of a couple of short fields, especially the one after the, the Highsmith interception. Uh, but James Conner wasn't great today. He only averaged 3.1 a carry, though he had a couple really hard-nosed runs. Uh, ben Roethlisberger, I guess, didn't turn the ball over, so you'll take that as a win. And to, to beat this team, this Ravens team, by four points, I just kept feeling like the Ravens were letting the Steelers back into the game and letting them hang around before the Steelers eventually took the lead and won this game. I mean, Four turnovers by the Baltimore Ravens. Lamar Jackson throws two interceptions, one of them being the pick six to Robert Spillane, uh, the other being the pick to Highsmith. He also fumbled the ball a couple of times, including a really nice play by Bud Dupree in the back foot with a strip sack early in the game. But uh, I guess in the end, a win is a win. Like I said, I have no problem kind of bitching about the little things if it's, it's going to be about a win for the Pittsburgh Steelers uh, in any given week. Now, I think, and we'll talk about this going forward, uh, the rush defense will be cleaned up. You're not going to face another team like Baltimore during the regular season that can have that two-headed, three-headed attack in the rushing game, even without Mark Ingram today, uh, where you have to commit T.J. Water, Bud Dupree to kind of spy on and contain Lamar Jackson to whereas you can't send those guys after the guy who gets the football, whether that was J.K. Dobbins in this game or Gus Edwards. Uh, but you're not going to face that a team like that again for the Pittsburgh Steelers. So that's a plus. And next week, if Ben DiNucci plays for the Dallas Cowboys, uh, he's going to be running for his life, I think, for a lot of that game. And the Dallas Cowboys look like absolute dog shit uh, for the most part. And that's the team, as Donnie mentioned, that should be run out of their own place next week by the Pittsburgh Steelers. But we'll talk about that a little bit more later on in the episode here and then in our preview episode that we will release on Friday. Uh, let's turn our thoughts over to uh, the segment of our reaction episodes. It is our biggest takeaway from the game, gentlemen. I think my biggest takeaway is that the opponent, uh, the Baltimore Ravens, certainly isn't as scary as what we may have thought going in. Uh, Mike Tomlin said after the game that the Steelers respected Lamar Jackson, but they didn't fear him. Uh, they made plays against the guy today. This is the NFL MVP from a year ago. They made him look incredibly average on Sunday. He just can't seem to figure it out when he plays against the Steelers. Uh, there was a tweet after the game that included a pretty incredible stat. In just over eight quarters against the Steelers' defense, Lamar Jackson has turned the ball over seven times. And in 36 other NFL games, he only has 15 turnovers. 
that's a pretty incredible number uh, for Pittsburgh defensively. You know, Jackson had under a 50% completion percentage, just over 200 yards, had a couple of touchdowns, but also had two interceptions and two fumbles. That proved to be very costly. Uh, they make him look vulnerable. If they didn't have the rushing attack they had today, I, I don't think this game is is as close as what it, as what it ended up being. And it's not that the Steelers really lit things up offensively. Connor had under 50 yards. Ben had under 200. Uh, not a single receiver uh, had over 70 yards receiving. Uh, John Smith only had 67 yards. Rick Ebron had 48. Uh, you know, these guys didn't really tear it up, but the Steelers were able to get things done, and the Ravens look a lot more vulnerable as a team than what I expected going in. Yeah, my, my biggest takeaway is that the Pittsburgh Steelers need uh, need to be a little bit better at defending the run. Um, the Baltimore Ravens, and they have been pretty much all season long, but um, in a game like today, defensively, you have to avoid. Um, and because so you have the Ravens, right? They're the top rushing team in football. The Cleveland Browns are the third best rushing team in football. Uh, those are two top three teams in the category that the Steelers didn't do very well in today. And they still have to play both of those teams one more time before the remainder of the year. Uh, right now, the Steelers are undefeated and are two games out in front of the AFC North. But uh, things could happen. You know, if the Steelers lose those games, the Browns are five and three, the Ravens are five and two. So that might um, that might you know cause a, a little bit of a of a ruffle in the division. I don't know if it will, but the Pittsburgh Steelers, to me, my biggest takeaway is that I think they need to be a little bit better and uh, going forward of defending the run. Um, because, you know, if things didn't go that way, if the Steelers didn't turn the ball over or turn the, over the Ravens four times, um, that might change the outcome of the game. So, um, yeah, my biggest takeaway, defend the run, be better at defending the run. Um, and I think, you know, you talked about Kyle earlier, some of the things that you could bitch at, and I think that's a big part of it. Uh, they got to be better at, at defending the run. My takeaway is that, Right now, at the current moment, the Steelers are the best team in the NFL. I don't know what that's going to look like in January. I don't know what it's going to look like in December. But right now, I don't know how you say that any team in the NFL is better than the Pittsburgh Steelers are. They're the only team in the NFL that's undefeated. They beat Tennessee. They beat Baltimore. They've destroyed the narrative that, okay, the Steelers are only good because they play against bad teams. No, they've beaten two teams that are – both in the top four in the AFC, that being Tennessee and Baltimore. Tennessee didn't help their cause today by getting embarrassed in Cincinnati, but the point still stands that the Steelers have proven that they can beat good teams. And what's amazing is that still, I said this last week, and still, aside from the Cleveland game, the Steelers have not put a full great 60 minutes together. Um, if you ask me before this Baltimore game, if you told me that the Steelers were going to win, I would have said, okay, the Steelers would have had to have their most complete performance of the season and have just played a great game overall to get a win over the Baltimore Ravens at M&T Bank Stadium. They didn't play a great game. They were awful in the first half, and it kind of followed the pattern of what's been said in most of the games of the season so far in being bad for one half and good for another one and still managed to find a way to win a game without putting a good 60 minutes together. So, honestly, 
I feel like the Steelers right now, I don't know what it's going to look like in the future, but right now they're the best team in the NFL. And still, I feel that just like after the Tennessee game next week, the best is still to come. This team is 7-0, and and I don't know if they played their best football yet. So, again, like I said in my first um, segment earlier, things are looking pretty good, and they're going to get – they might get even better. This team is not – reached its peak yet, and we'll just have to see what happens going forward. We don't know if it'll peak, and maybe it'll peak in the playoffs. Maybe it won't peak, maybe whatever. But if this team has peaked, I don't know if it's hit its peak yet, and maybe that peak will come in January, which is obviously the best time for any team to play its best football. Yeah, I agree. I agree with Joe and and pretty much everything each of the three of you have said in terms of a biggest takeaway from this game. Uh, I thought the run defense was the most glaring portion of this game that needed to be talked about moving forward. Uh, It just wasn't good enough today. But I also agree that the Steelers haven't yet put together a full 60 minutes. And that's kind of a scary thought when it comes to a team being 7-0 and for the rest of the NFL because I think, like Joe said, when this team does put together a full 60 minutes, look out because I don't think they've done it yet. I think the closest that they've been to it is the Cleveland game, uh, which was obviously a pretty big statement for the Pittsburgh Steelers. But I think generally speaking, my biggest takeaway is that uh, if, if nobody thought Mike Tomlin was a top five to seven or so coach in the National Football League, they better think that now because in the 25th meeting between John Harbaugh and Mike Tomlin, I thought Mike Tomlin pretty thoroughly outcoached John Harbaugh today. Uh, Harbaugh staying a lot with the run, especially in the second half, which to his credit was working. So there's no reason to go away from it. But I thought down the stretch of the football game, Mike Tomlin outcoached John Harbaugh, which is always a plus. And this next man up philosophy that Mike Tomlin has always had in his tenure with the Pittsburgh Steelers has always come to work. Tyson Alu-Alu goes out within the first couple of drives. I don't know that many of us even noticed him leave the football game. All of a sudden, he's on the sideline. Jim Nance and Tony Romo uh, are saying that Tyson Alu-Alu is doubtful to return, and we're like, well, oh, shit. What are they going to do now? Uh, They put Isaiah Bugs in there. He ended up making a couple of plays. But this next man up philosophy even worked to the point of our guy, 99, Hank Mondo, uh, made a couple of big plays for the Pittsburgh Steelers, including uh, getting held on the play that Lamar Jackson scored on. Uh, and that call got uh, made, and, and that play got brought back as a result. So Mondo, good in replacing Cam Hayward, who left the game uh, at one point, then came back and left the game again. So hopefully Cam Hayward's okay. But I think my general takeaway is that this next man up philosophy and, and this coaching scheme that Mike Tomlin runs and, and how he run, runs his locker room is really impressive, and I think that that bodes well for the Pittsburgh Steelers moving forward. I think our turning point, guys, is probably all the same. At least I know it is for for myself, Joe, and Donnie. I don't know what Jack thinks about the turning point, but for me, it's an easy pick, and we'll start to go through that now. Yeah, I think it's pretty easily the Alex Highsmith interception. Uh, And again, that's just showing that this 2020 rookie class is really carrying its weight through the first uh, two months or so of of this season. And it's hard to believe that considering in 2020, these guys didn't have 
your typical offseason, uh, you know, the, the OTAs, the mini camp, you know, a lot of stuff they missed out on. We've praised Chase Claypool on here. Uh, we, we've praised Kevin Dotson on here. And Alex Highsmith gets to really join that party now. He probably played the most snaps he's played in an NFL game uh, Sunday against the Ravens. Uh, I don't know the exact numbers on that, but he was on the field uh, for a lot of snaps defensively. And that's because the Steelers' defense was out there a lot today. Uh, Baltimore own time of possession, uh, which is another reason why it's surprising the Steelers won this game. But Highsmith's interception of Lamar Jackson really turned the tide of the entire game. The Steelers were down 10. They went right down the field and scored on a short field after the Highsmith interception. They got another defensive stop. They scored again. They took the lead. And then it was kind of blow for blow the rest of the way. But it was clearly a different energy coming from the Pittsburgh sideline once the uh, third-round pick intercepted Jackson. You know, it, it just seemed like a, a switch was flipped. And in just a couple of plays, the Steelers' offense went from looking abysmal to looking like normal. Uh, he found Eric Ebron, and Ebron walked into the end zone from about 15 yards out. There was nobody even around him. So that interception, I think, clearly turned uh, the energy in this game all on the side of Pittsburgh, and it carried them the rest of the way. Yeah, Donnie, no doubt, uh, turning point of the game, um, Alex Highsmith's interception. And it's good to see because, you know, this 2020 rookie class you highlighted, Chase Claypool, massive W um, as far as drafting receivers for Kevin Colbert. We've talked about that. But Alex Highsmith is the presumptive successor to Bud Dupree at outside linebacker, more than likely after this year, unless, you know, $15 million, give or take, magically appears in the Steelers' budget probably not going to happen so it was good to see him you know jump up and make a play and the Steelers obviously scored two plays later but I think another play worth highlighting is the fourth down and uh, and goal or rather the fourth and three I apologize at the end of the game uh, Robert Spillane uh, making the uh, fumble recovery on um, Lamar Jackson's play that he didn't get Um, that kind of um, it didn't seal the deal obviously because the Ravens had a chance to win it at the end but um, it, it got the ball back over to Pittsburgh and Pittsburgh was able to, you thought would, you know, have a chance and they ended up punting, but it still, um, took a little bit of the pressure off of the offense because if they convert and then the Ravens score, um, it's not like it's nothing Ben Roethlisberger has dealt with before trying to go down the field and score at the end of the game. But, um, if you can avoid that, avoid that. And they did on that play as well. Um, and then obviously the Minka Fitzpatrick play on the end uh, of the, you know, the final play of the game is obviously huge, but uh, yeah, without a doubt to me, the turning point, because you could tell the momentum switch, like you said, Donnie was the Alex Highsmith, uh, the former Charlotte 49er making the uh, interception and then leading to the Eric Ebron score. Yeah. I'm going to just agree with the crowd here. Um, Alex Highsmith's interception was the turning point of this game, and I don't even think there's very much of a debate, if any debate at all, um, as to what the turning point of this game was. Uh, Going back to before Highsmith made that pick, Ravens were up 17-7. You figure, um, okay, this is a very good football team that is more more so than any team in the NFL known for running the football, and they have a 10-point lead. Plus, Roethlisberger is playing awful, and most of us expected the Steelers to lose this game anyway. So down 17-7 in the second half to a team that runs the football well 
just wasn't a very good sign. But then Highsmith makes a pick to Steelers cash in, score on the Ebron touchdown. And then it's really kind of a whole new game from there, even though the Steelers were down by three. It felt like a whole new ball game, and the Steelers were able to prove that it was a whole new ball game by going out and building off that momentum and coming away with a win. And, Jack, as you said, Highsmith, unlike Robert Spillane, I don't know what Spillane's role is going to be um, whenever Devin Bush gets back to 100%, but Highsmith's role, I think the consensus is that his role is going to be much bigger in 2021 than it is in 2020, assuming Bud Dupree does leave for big bucks and greener pastures. So being able to see a guy who isn't one of uh, the stereotypical um, big dogs on the Steelers offense, not in the crowd of, you know, Watt, Fitzpatrick, Hayward, et cetera, um, being able to see a guy that's kind of um, outside of that um, elite crowd make a big play and make a play that really turns the game on this axis, it's huge. And it's huge for Highsmith's confidence, I'm sure. It's huge, obviously, for the Steelers because it got them a win. And it's just going to be big um, going forward um, for Alex Heisman. This guy's a good football player. Um, he can play whether it's in a backup role, um, which he's in now, or in a starting role, which I think he'll likely be in next year. Um, this guy's a player, and I think he proved that to the world today. And um, who knows what is in store for Highsmith going forward, but um, if he's able to build off this momentum, play well the rest of the season, um, kind of in a secondary role, and then move into a bigger role next year, um, that's a damn good sign for the Steelers. So, yeah, um, Donnie, Jack, as you said, um, that was the biggest turning point in this game, really kind of turned this game on its ass, that Highsmith interception. Yeah, easy call in, in terms of the turning point. I'll just point out a couple more plays that I thought were pretty instrumental in the Steelers win. Uh, first and foremost, for me, after that Ebron touchdown and an ensuing stop, Pittsburgh going down the field, scoring on the James Conner one-yard touchdown run uh, late and really kind of in the middle of the third quarter. But a, a really important play right before Conner's touchdown was a pretty damn good effort. Uh, by our guy John Smith slash Juju Smith-Schuster uh, picking up 14 yards on, on a shotgun pass and a no-huddle play from Ben Roethlisberger, able to find Juju, and, and he really fought his ass outside of the five-yard line, able to get down to the one, not only do that, but pick up a first down in the process. I think that was a really big play in this contest. And then you can go even – there was uh, a couple more significant plays as the game went on after Lamar Jackson scored the uh, touchdown to Marquise Brown. Uh, there are a couple big plays after that. Obviously the Chase Claypool touchdown is a huge play. Uh, a face mask on, on Ray Ray McLeod after a six yard gain is a huge play late uh, in the contest. And there are some other plays if you even just go through play by play from the game uh, that are really, really significant in terms of the Steelers win. But I think I agree with you guys. Play of the game, turning point of the game, I think for me it's very easily the Alex Highsmith interception for all the reasons you guys have already mentioned. Uh, that said, let's turn over to our player of the game. And this may sound a little bit odd after we all kind of dogged him on the preview episode uh, for maybe having a little bit more hype than he deserved or more hype than he's worth. But uh, a guy at linebacker played pretty damn well today for the Pittsburgh Steelers, and I think he deserves his due. Yeah, you better get your tickets to hop on the train before they sell out. Uh, Bob Spillane was my X-factor. 
going into this game. He had to, to prove that he could handle a, a big, big time game against a team that loved to run the football. Uh, you know, he, he got burned a few times, you know, but that, that's just simply due to, due to the limitations that most middle linebackers have. Uh, you know, Vince Williams runs into the same problem whenever uh, he or Spillane get matched up with a slot wide receiver. It's really just an unfair battle right from the get-go because the receiver is simply uh, way faster than, than what an inside linebacker can match up with. But Spillane had 11 tackles, 10 solo tackles, a tackle for loss, a pick six that was the first score of the game and, and really got uh, – the only thing that got the Steelers going in that first half, that was all Pittsburgh had to show for uh, after the first 30 minutes. He also had a fumble recovery late in the game. I know it didn't really make too much of a difference because it came on a fourth down run that was short anyway. Uh, but just for good measure, Spillane with you know, two turnover plays, a tackle for loss, 10 solo tackles, 11 in the game. He led the team in tackles, uh, you know, got to give it up for the guy and just hope that he can keep it up. Uh, but as we might touch on the Steelers, made, made a nice nice little move uh, a few hours after the game to add some depth uh, to the linebacker position. Yeah, short and sweet, Jack Lambert Jr., Bob Spillane. Donnie, you highlighted the numbers. Uh, he was great. He's a, uh, undoubtedly the player of the game. Um, and, and talking about that Avery Williamson acquisition, if you look at the return, um, you know, you get a seventh with Williamson and a fifth-round pick, not till next year's draft. So it was definitely a move that they made to get depth. And I think moving forward, despite Avery Williamson being a been there, done that pro um, Robert Spillane is the starting middle linebacker, other opposite Vince Williams moving forward um, until Robert Spillane, you know, proves otherwise negatively. And I don't know if that's going to come, but yeah, he's the player of the game for me for sure. I'm going to go against the grain here. Um, I actually think that Marcus Allen was the player of the game. The stats might not show it, but uh, no, I'm kidding. It's Robert Spillane. Um, Bob Spillane, um, we kind of, uh, I don't want to say we made fun of him, but we kind of, um, made light of the hype that Bob Spillane was getting, um, after, uh, his start against Tennessee and then I guess half a start against Cleveland. But, um, I don't know what's to come of Spillane in the future. I don't know what his future is going to be with this team whenever Devin Bush is back at a hundred percent and ready to go. But what can't be debated is through two starts, He's done his job. I think whenever Bush got hurt, we were hoping that he wouldn't stink and would just hold down the fort. But he's done a lot more than hold down the fort for the Steelers. He's played. He's been a player that's done more than just not lose the Steelers games. He's helped the Steelers win games with his play on the field. And the stats kind of speak for themselves. 11 tackles that pick six um, early in the game to set the tone. Almost a fumble recovery later. That ball ended up going out of bounds. And then an actual fumble recovery on Jackson's uh, fourth and three. But, um, yeah, Robert Spillane is my player of the game. Um, I don't know if I'm on the Spillane train yet. I'm going to have to see a little more than two starts in the National Football League before I'm officially um, converted uh, to being a big Bob Spillane fan. Uh, but what can't be debated is he played very well today, and the Steelers do not win this game without Bob Spillane. Yeah, you guys are right uh, when it comes to Robert Spillane, but I'll be against the grain. I'm going to go with our guy, the Otter, as we call him, Stefan Tuitt. Uh Nine tackles in this game, two sacks, including uh, a really, really big sack on the play that Ronnie Stanley got hurt. 
for the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, but those two sacks were instrumental in this win as well. Three total TFLs, uh, three quarterback hurries slash hits slash pressures, whatever you want to call them. For Steve Tewitt, uh, he was fantastic in this game, and, and he had to be. Uh, after Tyson Alualu got hurt early in the game and when Cam Hayward left the game late, uh, again, hopefully Cam Hayward's okay because I think that the Steelers absolutely have to have Cam Hayward moving forward, uh, as well as Tyson Alualu. Don't get me wrong, that's a, that's a huge loss if he misses any time as well. But the luxury that the Steelers have built in, I think, is that they're going to play a couple of really bad football teams in the next three weeks. And then I don't put the Bengals into that conversation, but Jacksonville is not a very good football team uh, coming up in week, what week 10 or week 11 of the, the NFL football season, uh, Dallas next week. And, and in between those two Cincinnati. Uh, but I, I think this is a Steelers team that's going to end up at 10 and 0. And I think a big reason why they'll end up at 10 and 0 is because of the contributions uh, of a bunch of guys on the defensive side of the ball. I thought T.J. Watt was really good today. I thought Bud Dupree was really good today. I thought Isaiah Bugs made a couple of really good plays after he came in for Tyson Alualu. Uh, but I'll go with Stephon Tewitt as my player of the game just to go a little bit against the grain. But Robert Spillane was absolutely a massive part uh, of this win for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, and Mark, hey, Marcus Allen, Joe, did have a special teams tackle today. So don't sell Mark Allen too short. Uh, for the Pittsburgh Steelers in this win as the Steelers go to 7-0 and for the first time since 1978. We all know what happened that year. Probably in the conversation for the best Steelers team ever, that team started 7-0, and won a Super Bowl title. They didn't go 8-0. and The Steelers have the opportunity to do that next week at Dallas, and you can join us as we watch that game unfold at Wild Things Park on the 16 by 9 screen as the black and gold watch party will rage on. Gates open at 3.30. Kickoff is at 4.25. You can get tickets. Your game day pass is online at the ticket page at WashingtonWildThings.com for $15. You get four hot dogs or burgers and two soft drinks. You can also purchase alcohol, tailgate, have a lot of fun with us and the Wild Things as well as Steelers Nation at that event that's coming up this coming Sunday, November the 8th, when the Steelers do battle with the Dallas Cowboys. That is it for episode 29 of the Come On Network podcast and this week's Steelers reaction episode. A reminder, you can find us on any device that gets internet or wherever you get to consume your podcast, Apple, Spotify, Anchor, or another. And find us on Twitter and Instagram at Come On Network. That's at Come On, C-O-M-O-N, Network, N-E-T-W-O-R-K on Twitter and IG and on the web at comeon.network. There you can find blog stories like our Steelers post-game commentary, which features our immediate thoughts from after the game. Features, columns, hot takes, the pod episodes. You can learn more about our team and shop our merch collection. The specific link for that is comeon.network backslash store. Friday, we will release our Steelers preview for the episode uh, that will get you ready for the game at Dallas. We'll be joined uh, breaking by friend of the show, Barstool Sports, Joey Molinero for that episode. So an exciting preview episode coming up for the Cowboys coming up in week nine of the NFL football season. Until then, stay safe, go Steelers, and come on.